0: Welcome to our after show, we call Kettle a Fish, the no politics
1: master show, it's time for Kettle a Fish, no debate, hate or argument, allowed on Kettle a Fish, it's like a willy walk, it's like a trip, so hooray for Kettle a Fish. Alrighty, guys, welcome to Kettle of Fish, the show after the show, the talk after the talk, the 20-minute comedy money shot after the two hours of political foreplay. Dwayne, of course, has skated out per usual. Fern's not here today. Dee, Claire, are you guys ready to get fishy? Some grub. <laughs> sure. Claire, <laughs> um, I think that was a pretty sexy intro. How was D's German introducing Jamie?
0: <laughs> I didn't hear it. Oh, it was it was a little hard to. I don't know if it was because it was loud, or I, I think the yeah when the ladder gets was the harder Nick it is singing for about the kettle of fish.
2: Uh, All right,
0: I must on a different channel. I don't know. Yeah, I I I, uh, I used babble well babblefish, and I translated the whole regular intro into German. And let me tell you what, it was not easy. There was some big word that starts with a shaw something or other. That I can't mm. even remember it right now. But it was it was like how <laughs> much like I had to listen to it like ten times to figure out how to say it. It was not. There's easy. words in know. German
2: that have about sixty letters in them.
1: Yeah, Hi. I don't know how you do um, it, man. Let me get. I um, speak seven Jamie, languages.
2: Yeah. That's how I do it. <laughs> you guys didn't know that, did you? <laughs> I
1: didn't you knew not Jamie McCall. You I speak
2: seven, yeah, fluently.
1: Jamie McCall, are you with us?
2: I am, Guten Tag <laughs> Guten Abend.
1: Thank you for calling yeah. in. Well, here
3: I I'm, I'm three hours earlier here. It's only noon here, so <laughs> Yeah, I know. There it's, you go. it's late
2: here. It's 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 uh nine o'clock here at night. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah, about right. nine
3: hours ahead from me. Uh D yeah. I heard the German. I thought it sounded pretty darn good. Thank well you.
1: there you go. An endorsement. I'll Jamie. probably never be able to say it <laughs> <laughs> again Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. I haven't um we haven't had you on the show for a while. And then I messaged you, I said, Hey, you need to get on Kettle of Fish. We haven't had you on since we started up the after show. And you wrote back, you said, I'm moving to Germany to make movies. Unexpected, mind blowing. Um, I got a ton of questions for you, but let's start at the beginning. How did this happen? How did this whole venture come about? So this seems like a lot for me to process.
3: It's well, it's a lot for me to process. Um, you know, I feel like this has been um, it's 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 kind of been a a decade long process, but really my whole life. Like I've always um, loved traveling and, and living overseas. That's why I joined the navy. A big reason why I joined the navy. It's another reason why I became an actress because I I want to work around the world and. I've always loved the old world. I've always had a fascination with Europe. Um, I went to Vienna a few years ago, and then I went to Berlin um, last year for the Berlin International Film Festival. And then in November, I went um, I went to southern Germany and, and met up with my screenwriting and producing partner over there, and we set up a production company called Buckner nice. McCall Productions. And it's all legal and legit, and we got our tax ID, and we got everything set up, and and um, we've got we started filming our our very first project under our under our production company's umbrella. So I just figured, um, you know, instead of instead of flying back and forth, I'll just move over there for about a year, and we'll knock it out and get it done.
1: Cool. Now, on a personal level, leaving your family, leaving the city that you love, Portland, leaving your friends, but especially leaving the kids that you teach swim to, this has got to be terribly yeah. difficult, right?
3: Yeah, you know, that's the hardest part because I've basically been thousands of miles away from my family my whole adult life since I, you know, since about the age of 18. I've been thousands of miles away, and this is the first period of my life where I've lived near my family um, in the city that I was born in, and I fell in love with it all over again, and I loved being being able to see them more regularly and being near them. And all my best friends from college and so yeah, that is gonna be the hardest part. But you know, they know me and they know this is my heart and this is who I am and I'll still be able to make it back on Christmases <laughs> like I used to. So we'll nice. make the best of it.
1: Well, you know, one of the things that I greatly admire about you and it's you know, it starts all starts with your determination and your resolve. And you write about it a lot in your book, and I'll plug your book real quick, Living the High Life Without Drinking the Champagne. And I guess it all boils down to the secret of success is just kind of staying open and having the guts to jump on that plane and move to Germany, if that's where your dreams take you, right?
3: Exactly. Um, You know, I'm a Pisces, which is a mutable sign, so I'm very very go with the flow anyway. (laughs) And it's kind of funny that I'm a swimmer and a swim teacher as well, but – Yeah, I just feel like if you really want to follow your dreams, you kind of have to live in a a state of faith and surrender and just kind of let the universe kind of point you in the right direction and then be willing and have the courage to, to go for it when those opportunities present themselves.
1: Right, right, beautifully stated. All right, so let's talk about the logistics of this because I noticed your movie. You're going to have to pronounce the name for me because I cannot speak German. What's what's the name of the first movie coming out on your production company?
3: Dankeschön, Wunderschön.
1: Okay, and loosely cool. translated, it means?
3: Thank you, beautiful.
1: Nice. nice. Okay, so logistically, I saw this is coming out October 1st. What all goes into putting out of production like this? Because the first thing I noticed is when I you sent me that link and I looked at it, I was like, that is, what, nine months from now? How did they even pick that date as a release date? How do you even know things are going to fall in order so you'll be able to pull this off and get it released that day? I, just tell me about the logistics of all this.
3: Well, I mean, that's an estimate. We're, that's, what, that's our goal. That's what we're going for. Um, and I think we're actually pretty well on track. Um, the rest of the filming is going to take – probably anywhere from 60 to 90 days to finish the actual filming, and then we'll need a couple of months for editing. And then in the meantime, we're already working on the distribution channel, so by the time we're done filming and editing, all of that would be set up so that as soon as it's all done, it'll just go right into being released. And it's more than likely we're leaning towards um, a German television movie first, and then it'll go to theaters because we've got um, – The German government has a tax-sponsored arts commission, like it's called the the Film Foundation, and um, they they sponsor they subsidize you know TV and movie projects that they think the general public will enjoy. And they've taken a look at our project and they like it, so they they are going to subsidize it. So, in doing so, they can also get us on the telly. They can,
2: they can get, get you on one. The telly as it- ADR and Z, D, F, and Kabel Eins. That's where there you can you go. go with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Do
1: you, you speak German fluently? Do you speak German fluently, Jamie?
3: Do I? No, not yet, but I am working on it. I, I speak French and Spanish. I've, I've been a linguist my whole life, so I pick up languages fairly quickly. But German is is very different from the Romance languages, so... Um, Yeah, but I, I'm working on it. I'm doing some home study. I got the Duolingo app, which is pretty cool.
1: Very nice. Very nice. This is a big. Don't you
2: worry, sweetie. If you're over here and you don't know what they're saying, you just call me up and I'll translate it for you. <laughs> Thank there you, you go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you. I will. I might be using you for that a couple of times.
2: I translate. <laughs> I actually translate stuff for people frequently. Oh, good. People from other countries come here for different reasons, and for some reason, I end up translating. Like uh, last year, I ended up translating tons of medical um, information uh, from German into English and from English into German, back and forth for months. I ended up doing that, so I'm I'm pretty good at translating. I'll, I also translate things into an uh, uh, English that everyone can understand. You know.
3: Oh that's great. Yeah. You know, when I when I was over there I was able to I'm actually able to read a lot of it just because you know, English was based on um German and, and French mostly. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the words are very similar, like water is vasa, you know, and things like yeah, that. You and can just bed kind of figure is out bed,
2: beer is beer, yeah. kindergarten, that's a German word anyway. Exactly. <laughs> and you know what they say? They say if you drink too much beer You'll end up in bed. And if you're not careful, you'll end up taking your kid to kindergarten five years later.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, ah. Claire, what does um Jamie need to look out for when she's out? How far are you guys gonna be apart, by the way? Did we ever figure that out?
2: Munich Munich, Munchen, it's called Munchen. It's about it's about four or five hours away from here. That's down in the that's down in Bavaria. So she's not really She's going into the Bavarian part of Germany where there's Irish. Those people are different than any other part of Germany. That's the part of Germany that America knows most. It's the where they have lederhosen, dirndl, those, those dresses, you know, where the boobs stick out. They got Oktoberfest down there. They eat pretzels. Nice. They, they drink beer. They got Weisswurst, which is white sausages that look disgusting, but they taste great. Um, that's what... Americans associate with Germany to be the German culture, but actually it's only one state in Germany. So it's it, Germany has a whole it's, – it's much more than that. Um, she needs to be careful about Steuer, about taxes. Um, if you're going to have a company over here in Germany and um, it's set up legit, you are really going to have to really be careful about the Finanzamt, which is like the German IRS, because they mm-hmm. check – They check all the time, Uh, uh, you know, A foreign business is being checked or anybody who's involved in it. They they check your taxes. They want to know everything they want, every little receipt. You have to keep your paperwork in Germany, your actual physical paperwork, 10 years. You can't throw it away. You have to keep it, and they can come 10 years later and check your paperwork. And if it's not right, you will have to pay the German government back what you owe them. That's happened to me you also will have to file taxes in both countries. Yeah. Which is great. So anything you do make in Germany you are all although you are allowed to make ninety five thousand dollars uh and stay um tax free um you know in in the United States of America, but you'll have to pay in Germany, you're gonna have to pay taxes if you're living here. And those that's the mo I have to tell you, you not know, only just I mean there's a tax on everything here even if you own a dog, if you're planning on getting a dog, the dog has a tax attached to it. So that mm-hmm. really? Yes. Yeah. they're taxed. It's the but, you know, Yeah,
3: That's another reason why they're number one on the top economic countries in the world right now too, because they're sticklers about those things. They don't they let are, people get away they're with it. Really, really, and I mean, it's really about, bad. It's about forty four percent tax. I mean it's it's you think taxes are high here. But then, you know, it's more socialized, too. Like, everything is taken care of. So Yeah, yeah. it
2: is. And if you get sick, you're going to have medical insurance and you can go to any doctor you want to. I'm sure you're going to be privately insured, which is going to be even better for you because I don't – are you going to be employed here or are you going to be working as an independent business?
3: Well, it's going to be a little bit of both. I'm I'm signed up with – several casting agencies and studios over there and I'm already getting a casting call so I'll be working regularly as an actress okay. and so for that but, that, I but my in my Germany if ID. you're an
2: actress you're not employed by, with a certain com- company you are. You work on a contract basis Basis. Right, which kind makes of the you self-employed you're, States, you're an independent contractor yeah you're a self-employed person that means you'll have to privately insure yourself and that costs about that costs about 480 to 600 euros a month
1: Well, let me jump in here real quick, Claire, because we're going down a financial rabbit hole here. Jamie, if (laughs) (laughs) if things explode for you over there, could you see yourself moving there permanently, just letting your career facilitate and grow out there? Or are you just bounded to America, Portland in particular, and you'll always be back there?
3: You know, um, I really don't know at this point. I, it just all depends on how things go when I'm over there. If if I'm really successful and I'm and I'm loving my life and I have a good standard of living over there, then I'll stay as long as that's the case. I always saw uh, me having a like an HQ, a home base, and I always thought that would be here in Portland. But then, you know. <laughs> I don't know. My life never goes as planned, so I'm just kind of playing it by ear. It might end up being four or five years that I'm over there. I don't know.
1: True. Um, Do you guys have a, speaking of five years, do you guys have like a five-year plan? Do you have a lot of things on the back shelf and you're just concentrating on this first movie or are you just kind of doing, hey, we're going to do this first, then we'll think about which project is next? What's the um, kind of the components of this as you're putting it together?
3: Yeah, no, we we have a plan. We have a, a slate of films uh, lined up, and this is the this smallest, simplest, lowest budget one is always the best one to start with. So, so that's what this yeah. comedy is. And then, you know, once you get funded and get one project done and out there, then it's kind of like a domino effect. Then Then people want to give you more money and you can make more projects. So we have our... We kind of have them lined up in order of, of budget. So the next one will be our medium budget project, and the one after that will be uh, the one I've spoken to you with uh, about before, the Detective Samantha Sturgis, which is our big yes. budget Indiana Jones type Charlie's
2: Angels action period piece film. So, so well, you know good? what? In I'm Germany, it's up. easier to it's easier to get it's easier to get into the film business here as an American person than it is to get into the film business in America. It's a lot easier. Exactly. And
3: I've
2: That's actually I'm been finding. asked to 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 be I've been on TV 3 times here for different TV shows. That was back when I was healthy and I I was a dancer and I got you know, I was on the cusp of becoming a a well-known person here in Germany at that time and I got asked to play in in a couple of TV shows here and it was easy because they were looking for somebody who to play the American and exactly. And the, yeah, and that's just and you, and that's there's always roles for people, you know, and they really want they want somebody in the in the roles that speaks German but with that accent.
1: And so you can't you Germans can't do it. They can't. A, are you gonna be speaking German in the movie? Jamie, or is this going to be all in English? Because I think you can do an English movie over there, right? People in Germany speak fluent English as well. No,
3: it's going to be be mostly in German. But like she said, what they like, it's a comedy. So, of course, if my accent is off and my... Grammar is off, then it all plays into my character, so it's perfect. So I, if I screw it up, it kind of makes it more funny anyway.
2: <laughs> yeah, because nice. Germans, Germans think that Americans sound like they got gum in their mouth when they're speaking German, and it does sound funny. It's it's it's, it's funny, and and I'm I'm excited about you coming over and doing that. That's a that's something really that's uh, a lot of fun, and um, uh, the German culture might surprise you. Um, Germans actually have a really good sense of humor, which nobody seems to realize, but it's true. They do. They yeah, like and, and
3: Nick, yeah. Nick, this is what this is what I've been finding in, in working with my team and my partners over there and, and traveling over there and all of the subsequent offers I've been getting, is that over there as an actress, I will actually be a commodity, whereas here and in L.A., I was just one of millions, <laughs> you know? Wow. Um, so... I'll actually be in demand over there, and I'll actually be working regularly. So
2: it's, that, it's, a, it's a smart move. That's what happens over here, and I, I was in demand back then. Um, I, I danced. I I was actually a pole dancer, which it doesn't seem like a big deal in America at all. It seems like the lowing rank of job. And here, when I did that, um, I mean, I could really do it, and I was very good at it. Um, I got booked all over Europe to do it. And yeah. I was the American version of what they wanted to see. It was like, um, there it is, there's America, we want that American girl to do that. I used to dress up like Marilyn Monroe, all kinds of stuff. And um, and uh, it, it, it really was, yeah, it was something special because they hadn't seen that. They don't have that here. So when you're an American person, you come over here, you do have that advantage in those kinds of businesses. If it's an actress or a dancer or any kind of thing like that, um, you can really use your your American self, your Americaness, Americanness, is that how you say that? Um,
1: Americanism. To get a
2: foothold. Yeah, because they, cause they like that. I mean, All right, that's, we that's got a couple minutes yeah.
1: left, so let me jump in here, Claire, because I want to finish this up with Jamie. Um, tell us about the movie. And, you know, you said it's coming out. You're shooting for October. And then what's on the back burner coming out next? And how, how many people are in your company, by the way?
3: There's, well, there's just two of us, the two screenwriters and producers, but we have a team that will be like our contractors gotcha. we've already got a team set up, yeah, so the movie is um it it's it's kind of similar to to my life, and it's funny funny enough, we kind of did that on purpose it's uh my character is Holly Harper, and she's um a board uh waitress in the, working at a truck stop diner in the midwest. And she just remembers those stories, those German fairy tale stories from when she was a little girl, and she wants her prince her her white knight in shining armor coming you know riding up on a white horse to whisk her away from all this this mundane, poor, boring life, so she goes online and she does one of those um calm like a um uh what uh what do you call that when you do the marriage um oh catalog yeah yeah like uh yeah when you when you yeah and so she signs up for that and she meets someone and he says come to germany and i am royal here i'm a i am a count or something and he sends her a plane ticket so she quits her job and she moves to germany and then it turns out she was catfished because the guy that that shows up to pick her up at the airport looks like hitler
1: oh god
3: (laughs) not like the blonde adonis that she thought she was getting so, the guy she thought she was getting is actually ends up being her next door neighbor, and so she tries to seduce her next door neighbor and get away from her what's supposed to be her husband and It's this big caper and scandals between these two homes and it's 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 pretty funny.
1: Have you done cool. a lot of um romantic type scenes where you have to actually get physical with people in the movies uh
3: I- I really haven't, actually. Um, there is going to be some implied nudity, because we do want this to be what, what would be the equivalent of a rated R movie. We don't want it to be a PG-13, um, be- just because they're more popular in Europe, if you're willing to get a little risque. And right. So there'll be some implied nudity. There'll be some some raunchy stuff in there, but um, nothing too extravagant.
1: I can well, what I'm it. kind of <laughs> getting at is when you're doing a gig like this and you've got, you know, the cameras on you and the lighting and it's professional and you're making out with somebody, I mean, if their breath is kind of nasty or their kissing style is different from yours, like is it better do you think if there's no chemistry because then you can keep it professional or is it better if there's chemistry and then you just kind of sort that all out after the fact? If, you know, I don't know how people do these scenes and not develop feelings for each other. Is that a concern <laughs> like how does that work?
3: Well, it's called acting uh you know they they're i mean people do fall in love on sets if you do have that chemistry and you work well together, then yeah, it's entirely possible, but it's also entirely possible to um to keep it separate and just be strictly professional about it like I'm gonna have to do things with um my my fiance in the in the movie that I'm not at all attracted to. Um, but I'm fighting him off the whole time. And then the next-door neighbor, like, I've met him already. His name is Tim Wilhelm. He's the lead singer of a really popular pop rock group over there called Munster Freiheit. Nice. Did I say that right, Claire?
1: Is Claire still <laughs> with us? Hold on. We lost okay, her. Okay, now I'm okay.
2: unmuted. Um, what would you say again?
3: The, have you heard of the, the pop rock group Munster Freiheit? Height?
2: M- Monster Freiheit? Freiheit?
3: Münchener Freiheit, yeah. Mhm. Münchener Freiheit. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the lead singer for that for that band and he's also my co-star. He plays the good-looking guy next door that I want to get with. So I've already met him. I went to um I went to Munich to his his sound studio and we we talked about our roles and we did a photo shoot and things like that. So um we have some chemistry. I I don't think I'm going to fall in love with him, but I'm not worried about it.
1: <laughs> Does it seem happening. surreal when you look and you're like Man, I am in Germany. I'm gonna be like on screen with the lead singer of this popular German band like I you know, I'm in here in my bedroom. I'm doing these interviews, and to me sometimes it's surreal. I'm like, "Oh, I can't believe I'm talking to these people. This has to be crazy for you to process all this stuff, right?
3: Yeah, it's surreal, but at the same time, like I said, this is something I've been working for with intention for over a decade, so it's surreal but it's also expected. This is this is what I've always wanted and now that it's here, yeah, it's a little crazy. But um it's everything I ever wanted. I'm not gonna question it. <laughs> I'm you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna dive right in
2: and enjoy every bit of it.
1: Gotcha.
2: Ich warte darauf, ich freue mich I'm sure the German fans will enjoy that.
1: So what's the biggest yeah. obstacle when going into a venture like this? Is it uh, financing? Is it just trying to get all the different personalities in line? Is it staying on a schedule? What's your biggest stressor or your biggest obstacle in all this?
3: Um, I think – a lot of it is, as what Claire was talking about before, just making sure we do everything legit and above board and legal. Like, I don't, I don't want to get over there and get going 90 days in and then get deported because we did something wrong. You know what I mean? Like everything has to be, everything has to be legitimate and and legal and <coughs> and documented. So all of those things take a lot of research because there's a lot of bureaucracy. I mean, you think there's bureaucracy here? Oh my gosh! And you were in I the mean, military.
1: You know bureau There
3: is a, yeah. And I was stationed in D.C., so I know what that. I know what that is. You have to cross your T's and dot your I's, and and that's one thing that I'm good at. I'm not going to let anything slip through the cracks. So between my partner and I, and he he's Swiss German. He's from there, so he knows the system. Between the two of us and our our tax people, we're going to you know hire professionals to help us out. I think we'll we'll have it all all going and successful for everybody for the whole team i'm really excited about it
1: well i wish you nothing but the best jamie i know you got to get out of here um i did want to let you know that i think the first time you came on our show was two years ago and you are still to this day the most downloaded episode of the ignorance equation
3: oh wow That's crazy. So, I mean,
1: it's pretty incredible. Like, people really resonated with that interview. I must have got passed around a lot. And I think it was a very telling interview because we really dug into your book. Are you going to be put in writing as far as in a book form? I know you were going to do um, a nonfiction or a fictional, excuse me, type series as well. Have you put all that on the side? Is that going to have to take a backseat to all this?
3: Yeah, you know, um, the last time I talked to you, I was I was looking into writing a Uh, a fictional story, um, and I I started writing screenplays instead, and that's how this whole thing happened. It started about three years ago when I linked up with my screenwriting partner in Germany, and we've just been knocking out screenplays ever since. So, yeah, the book went on the back burner, and I've been working on screenplays, and I'm glad I did that because it's led me to this point that I am now. Nice.
1: How many screenplays do you have to do before you get one where you go, okay, this is viable? Like do you have to write three or four of them before you get the groove where you're like – this is something I can do or does that first one hit and you're actually going to produce it?
3: Well, that depends um if you if you do it if it's a do it yourself where you get a team and you just make it real no budget indie or if you really want to make something happen. Um it almost never happens on the first screenplay for any screenplay writer. They say you have to you have to write at least 10 for one to get picked up. That's kind of the average. And we've got about that, between my partner and I, we've got about that at this point. I'd have to count them in my head. But, yeah, we've got several. We've got a lot.
1: And are you staying kind of in the same ballpark as far as genre and subject matter? Or do you just get bored writing about the same thing and you guys are jumping around like to a horror movie and then a comedy? And what, what are these screenplays looking like?
3: No, we're not doing any horror. I've, you know, I've already done horror. When I was in LA, I did the horror movies and, you know, Poe and those and the others that are on my IMDb. So I'm, I'm just, I'm not really interested in that, in that at this point. We're doing some things that are a little bit more in depth. We've got this comedy caper, and then we've got a, a sci-fi action, and then we've got our um, Detective Samantha Sturgis, which is the, the period piece um, action adventure historical like based on based on historical facts type of film and and um yeah things like that so
1: is it easier for you to do something historical since it's steeped in reality than to do something off the cuff that's like a really comedy driven as far as acting wise and creativity wise
3: for me yes just because i've i've always also been really interested in history so i like i like kind of weaving those facts into the story um just because i just find it interesting. So it's you got to you got to write where your heart is too. If you're trying to write about something that you have no interest in, i don't care how good of a screenplay writer you are, it's probably not going to be good.
1: Yeah. Does that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes total sense. I'm actually writing I have to write 5 articles a week now for this website and sometimes i'm just not into it. And many times i tell d i'm like, Ugh, i just i don't have nothing to write on today." When you have to do it on demand, it's a whole different ball game that when you have the luxury of just i feel like writing today right mm-hmm.
2: exactly that's why i give a lot though, of you to write those writers. to please other people right uh, you know those, those are p- written so that so that you can make money off of them i know books are too but i wrote a book and published it and it wasn't to make money on it it was to because i had to write it it was like a therapeutic thing for me and but when you're writing screenplays you have to do something that's going to be that you're interested in but it's got to be able to sell cuz that's the that's the point right i mean the point is to be able to bring it to the world and in in that um i just a bit of advice germans the german movies a lot of them the real successful movies here in germany they're they they're comedies they're funny but they also have this sad twist of reality in all of them that is very untypically american and i really like them um i like Till Schweiger You know who Till Schweiger is Don't you I like his movies. I do yes Because They have this Sad sense of reality In them Combined with the comedy And it's Much more realistic For me For some reason Than like You know like uh, Die Hard 5 Or whatever You know (laughs) yeah just,
3: exactly yeah and that's why I said they're just a, they're just more they're they're deeper over there. they really like things to reflect reality and what people go through, and that's why i said my my character Holly Harper, she's kind of you know she's she's sad and she's willing to sell her soul to to move away in on hopes of a of her dream life finding her dream life you know and then she doesn't get she gets something completely different and then has to she has to start the fight all over again to get out of that situation, you know what i mean so Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of the irony is there.
2: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it, whatever it is, and I'm going to say, I know her. Well, thank Claire. I'm going to do that. I'm going to advertise for you. I'm going to do that. Yeah,
1: right on.
3: It's like Shakespeare Uh, said, "Tragedy plus time equals comedy," or something like that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. All right, guys, we got to wrap this up. We're at the 30 minute mark. Um, Jamie, tell everybody where to find you.
3: Oh, I'm all over the place. JamieMcCall.com or uh, Actress Jamie McCall on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, Jamie McCall Picks. I'm on Twitter, Jamie McCall. Wherever, whatever your social media platform preference is, you can find me there.
1: Just Google Jamie McCall. All righty. Well, we're definitely going to miss having you on the show, at least for the next year or so when you get back, if you get back within a year. I want to thank you so much for calling in today. It is always a delight when we have you on, Jamie. Thank you, Nick. All righty, guys. That is Kettle of Fish. We will be back in two weeks. Dee, who do we have in two weeks? Oh, God. Who do
0: we have in two weeks? Well, this week I'm super excited about because uh, just in case anybody wasn't listening at the beginning of the show, this week we actually have Stevie Nicks from The Briefs on Wednesday, and that's going to be super-duper awesome. Um, great music. Yes, just, finally. Just One of the reasons awesome. I
1: brought back the music show was to talk to The Briefs, yeah, and now I'm I on. finally get to do that.
0: Right. Um, two weeks on Sunday, we are having Liz, comedian Liz Neal on our kettle of fish. She is really funny. And then actually two weeks after that, uh, we are having Nico Santos from the new uh, NBC store. show Superstore, so funny, yeah, and I love, it, and uh, I, love Mateo. I, I love his character, Matteo. He's just, he's
1: just too fun. I love it. All righty, Claire. Thank you for slugging it out with us, putting up with the and coming in here and helping us with our German today.
2: Kein Problem. Danke schön. schönen Abend
1: And you're pretty private about your um, social media platforms, right? You don't want to give anything out.
2: Who, me, you can, hey, anybody who needs hair pieces and wigs, custom-made, handmade, best quality, with the best quality hair on the earth for anything, um, if you do not want to look like Donald Trump and you're a man and you want a real good-looking toupee, then you just check out Hair by Claire Germany. Uh, you can Google it. You can find it on Facebook. You can find me everywhere, too, in the social media networks. I'm pretty well-known in the hair business, <laughs>
1: Nice. All guys. We'll talk to you in two weeks. Be safe out in that snowy weather. What's up? This is Lauren Tarnes. We're calling out. Happy New Year's time. Happy New Year's morning. <laughs> we talk a lot in graphic arts
0: and restaurants and shitty bars. We ain't trying very hard, but we got that fucking buck. We talk a lot.